Welcome to Federal Insights. Digital transformation depends on infrastructure modernization, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Sean Applegate, he's the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data, and Marlon McFate, the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. Good to have you both with us today. And let's get right into it. Our topic is the wide area network, something that is necessary for the operation of pretty much every federal agency. And there's a lot of modernization that has to happen for these networks. Let's begin by kind of a state of the networks as they stand now. What do you see across federal networks, federal agencies when looking at their WAN strategies at the moment? Marlon, why don't we start with you? Well, um, I would actually start with maybe even a little bit earlier than that. So, uh, you know, even before COVID-19, things we're going through these days, um, ag agencies for a while have been battling environments that um, have been becoming more and more complicated. Um, it's an oversimplification, but at one point in time, it was more straightforward. You know, agencies knew where their applications were. Uh, they knew where their end users were. And for the most part, connectivity point A to point B was a private network. Uh, complexity back then was really measured both more in scale uh, in these environments, and rationalization was a little bit more straightforward of a process, right? Uh, in today's world, though, even before COVID-19, there have been adding more users, more devices. Applications can live in so many different places and be deployed in so many different models. They could be in the data center, a public or a private cloud, uh, hybrid design, software as a service, you know, Office 365. Uh, is huge within the uh, the government customers right now. So you can imagine connecting all these is more complicated and the straightforward networking of the past uh, has turned more into a spider web, right, of uh, you know, different network connections and different network links. So using traditional networking technologies to accomplish this has been uh, very complicated and ends up creating a fragile, meaning very small changes in one area can create, create very large unforeseen problems in other areas. And because of this network, uh, networks not being agile, uh, they really can't pivot when needed. And you know, fast forwarding today with COVID-19, really what it's doing is uncovering the fragility, if you will, the non-agile characteristics. So for example, agencies wanna know, how do I increase capacity quickly or get more utilization out of my existing links? Agencies are going from 30, 40% of their internet bound traffic and those outbound traffic uh, and having strict security policies about who, what, and where that traffic can go to almost, in some instances, 100% of the traffic coming in from the internet. So it really ends up being this 180 degree flip. Uh, the internet's, you know, in, by and large, become you know, a part of the agency's wide area network. So agencies that built their networks and security to accommodate end users being at their desk are now trying to accomplish you know, entirely different paths between end user maps. Um, uh, they want to know how do I accommodate these new paths and need for revised security rules and the need for more capacity. These changes and pivots, though, uh, need to be properly accommodated shifts like the one presented by COVID-19, which is huge. And in networks built on traditional networking technologies, agencies would take, you know, weeks, if not months, to make decisions, to make changes, to accommodate this. Um, and uh, we need to move to a, a different paradigm, if you will. Yeah, Sean, it sounds as if the evolution from the 3270 days and the X25 days to the IP days have brought a lot of capability, but also a lot of really tough complexity and almost a rigidness to it. It's certainly the case, Tom. Often what we see, clients are running expensive private wide area networks today, 
and many cases are trying to cost optimize those as the traffic patterns have shifted. And so office applications like Office 365, Salesforce, ServiceNow, or even applications like Zoom or WebEx are changing the behavior of users and the capabilities. But that also means typically at least half of the traffic we see in most customers' networks in the federal environment is going to the internet. And if they can use internet for transport as we move to tech 3.0 architectures in the coming years, they can greatly reduce their cost, increase their capacity, and ultimately improve the performance for the users in the mission. All right, so then I guess the question becomes, what does the good to be state look like if they were to do another round of digital modernization and trying to get to something that is controllable and agile and uh, not so hidebound as Marlon put it, what does that look like? Marlon? Um, well, uh, you know, it looks like a network where we're actually focusing more on a great end user experience where today what we're doing is, is focusing on just deploying, managing and maintaining and trying to figure out how to construct this, uh, this very complicated network. What I would say if I was uh, uh, saying what would be the best end state would be networks that are self-healing, intelligent network fabric, as opposed to the traditional approaches that we've been taking. I mean, if you take a look at other areas of technology, you know, just say, for example, applications, um, you, you know, over a period of time, I mean, now we've got to the point where we can scale out, we can scale up, they dynamically adjust for capacity, they automatically respond to failure. Uh, you can even re rebuild uh, corrupt or lost data. So their flex the, the flexibility, the resilience, and the agility of these things have increased. This is something that really hasn't happened within our networking technologies or utilizing traditional networking technologies. The reason is you can't have some of these characteristics in a traditional network because it lacks some context. In an application with these capabilities, there has to be a control element with an understanding of app context as a whole, uh, with an understanding of the intent in that context. This is why uh, it can make decisions such, uh, it can make those decisions such as scaling and recovery. Traditional networks are individual pieces configured to work with their neighbors. Uh, but there's really no control aspect or context, no understanding of the intent or purpose outside of, you know, basically the network team's collective brains. So to accomplish the desired flexibility and resilience, agility and performance, we need a control that has the full context. Uh, we can only accomplish that in a software-defined network. So software-defined, sure. Sean, and how does that, how do you get there, I guess, or? Software definition can give you all of these qualities, resiliency and the capacity to be aware and almost understand the user's intent, it sounds like. That's certainly the case. And software defined is the key statement here. In many cases in the past, devices have been managed at a device level by a small army of CCIEs in many cases that are really capable engineers. Um, but today with software-defined networking, you really can implement and integrate a lot of the policy centrally with intent-based policies, distribute that to your software-defined edge services at a remote site, for example, or brand, and dynamically change the na nature of your wide area network or your security posture and branch very dynamically. And so as your networks need to change with the mission or the users that are there or your new application architectures, you can do that and roll that out and typically do it centrally with a controller, very scalable. And the focus is very much on a balance of both performance and security. 
So in today's federal networks where TIC 3.0 is changing architectures for direct to internet connectivity, to get the applications like Office 365, we can pull that off very seamlessly. All right, that's a good place to take a break. My guests today are Sean Applegate. He's the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data. And Marlon McFate is the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Digital Transformation Depends on Infrastructure Modernization, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies here on Federal News Network. Your network is the backbone of your agency, and during this pandemic, network capacity, speed, and security are more important than ever. Consider what IDC describes as the most significant advancement in the networking industry, software-defined WAN. Riverbed and Swish have teamed together to bring you Steel Connect EX, a centralized policy-based platform for dynamically managing application traffic across links and delivering the agility and cost-effectiveness your agency needs. Agility, performance, and security. Visit us at riverbed.com. Welcome back to our discussion. Digital transformation depends on infrastructure modernization. Sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Sean Applegate, the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data, and Marlon McFate, the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. I'm your moderator, Tom Tammen. And Sean, before the break, we were talking about SD WANs, that is software defined wide area networks. Tell us in more detail what is a software defined network and then what are some of the benefits an agency would get by from a hardware defined network? Sure. Yeah, historically devices are locally managed at a device configuration level and often can have a lot of variance from site to site. With a software defined WAN, we can typically replace a router with a device that still supports those traditional routing protocols and what's called the underlay. And then on the overlay, we can implement much more intelligent uh, traffic engineering and security and performance policies that are managed through a central controller with intent-based policies that are very adaptive to the environment. And SD-WAN, there are a broad variance of capabilities, but on the more advanced side for the federal networks, you can integrate quality of path, quality of service, we can also integrate advanced security policies like next-gen firewall, um, IPS capabilities, and also service chaining for third-party capabilities so you can expand and adapt your need branch. So, Sean, does that mean an SD-WAN is something like a virtualized application that you can alter and make an image of and then reuse in different locations as capacity is required? It is very similar to that. So, with software-defined WAN devices, we can often run virtual functions inside of those. So for example, network function virtualization, and that will allow your security team, for example, to run the firewall they prefer to run service chained into your software defined WAN or your edge services at a branch seamlessly. That'll allow your network team to do what they need to do in around routing and switching or uh, network traffic path optimization or application acceleration and your security team can do what they need to do for TIC 3.0 architectures at the branch. So Marlon, this sounds to me then like if you get to that state of SD software defined wide area networks, then your staff can be free to do a lot of things. They might be tied up with wire pulling and, and knob twirling otherwise. 
Um, absolutely, yeah. If we can get to Nirvana, right? Um, uh, you know, moving in the direction of software-defined networks is going to get us at least closer to Nirvana. I don't know whether or not we'll ever get there, but it does encompass other things. You know, what you just mentioned about being able to take applications and that, uh, you know, the, the similarity of being able to deploy, you know, networks in a software-defined fashion. Very, very uh, good example of that. You know, good example. Uh, but it also provides a lot of other things that we find very complicated today to do. Let's just take, for example, direct to cloud connectivity, right? So network connectivity is only one of the aspects. Yeah, sure. How do I get to the cloud? But then it's also, how do I provision for it? How do I provision access? How do I provision security? How do I provision for, you know, maintaining the performance for my end users? Uh, application acceleration. Uh, we've all been taught, you know, if, we're riverbed, but we've all been taught um, that uh, megabits per second and gigabits per second is some sort of measurement of speed. And while it does help in situations where there's congestion, the real problem is a measurement of distance, right? Not, not necessarily speed and megabits per second is more of a capacity than speed. Analytics for performance and for security. If you can't see it, you can't fix it. Um, a better workforce experience, regardless of the location, including if they're working from home like we all are right now. Uh, and as I stated early, earlier, the complexity has increased over the last decade, uh, uh, and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. So software-defined networks will allow us to move from spending much of our time in break-fix uh, and running down issues to focusing on providing and maintaining the best performance for our end users. Traditional, static, and inflexible uh, networking technologies needed to be innovated, need to be innovated uh, and SD-WAN allows you to deploy those innovative capabilities on top of a legacy network. It sounds like from a very practical standpoint, for a given amount of physical capacity that is in your possession, with an SD-WAN, you would have less latency, perhaps, for, for the given users. Well, yes. So you can do a couple of things. One, um, if the software-defined um, uh, uh, technology that you do end up using already comes with, you know, wide area network acceleration um, with application acceleration, or if it can be service chained with that particular capability, that's always going to help with your end user performance. Uh, but you can also, because now you have greater control over how traffic traverses your network and how it's treated and how it's optimized, uh, you can make sure that traffic is taking the, you know, a shorter path or the best path. You can also implement things such as if I have multiple paths, which one is performing the best right now and making sure that my traffic goes down that particular path uh, as opposed to being in a traditional network forced to just continue going this static way regardless of how my performance is, uh, is currently behaving. All right, we're going to take a short path to a break here before our third and final segment. My guests today are Marlon McFate. He's the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. Sean Applegate is the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Digital Transformation Depends on Infrastructure Modernization, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies here on Federal News Network.
Your network is the backbone of your agency, and during this pandemic, network capacity, speed, and security are more important than ever. Consider what IDC describes as the most significant advancement in the networking industry, software-defined WAN. Riverbed and Swish have teamed together to bring you Steel Connect EX, a centralized policy-based platform for dynamically managing application traffic across links and delivering the agility and cost-effectiveness your agency needs. Agility, performance, and security. Visit us at riverbed.com. Welcome back to our discussion, Digital Transformation Depends on Infrastructure Modernization, sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies, here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Sean Applegate, the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data, and Marlon McFate, the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. I'm your host, Tom Temin. And Marlon, I think one of the emerging issues for all federal agencies is the TIC architecture, the Trusted Internet Connection 3.0 and beyond coming from Homeland Security, which is an acknowledgement that the government is becoming less and less data center centered and more cloud focused. And so that introduces all sorts of difficulties for getting trust in the internet connection, which you know, relies on a physical single wire, if you will. So how can software-defined networks help people get in good with the uh, emerging TIC architecture? All right. So there's a number of aspects uh, there. No, you're absolutely right. The government is definitely trying to move away from data centers, uh, but they're also trying to incorporate a lot of other things, such as private cloud, public cloud, SaaS offerings. Uh, and uh, what they've kind of come to the conclusion is, is especially, say, in civilian uh, organizations, um, even within the DOD, it's not called a tick in the DOD, uh, but what, what they're really asking that point, what would be considered the tick in each one of these, the trusted internet connection, is to also be that point that provides access to different areas, you know, different communities of interest, um, uh, the cloud, this is all coming, you know, down to the tick. And our traditional ticks are built on traditional networking technology. So again, as we said earlier, pretty inflexible, not very agile, when you need to make changes such as what we have right now with uh, COVID going on, these are very, very painful things to do. Whereas we're expected in the past to be able to have time to test those changes, lab those changes before we ever implement them, right? So the new SD-WAN, sorry, and the new TIC architecture such as TIC 3.0, uh, they're going to be asked to do a lot more than just security, which is really what the TIC was designed to do. They're going to be that meet point, right? So such as SaaS and Internet, et cetera, uh, are one of those difficult areas that, that uh, the TIC is now going to be asked to be able to take. So the who do I use? How do I get connected to? How do I incorporate this into my existing network design? All those questions. TIC 3.0 uh, uh, providers are going to not only be expected to provide a, t a turnkey answer to both of those questions, but also along with the, how do I provide better security than I am today? I feel basically it's a no-brainer to utilize a system that both provides an ease of boundary security to a TIC 3.0 solution, such as an SD-WAN offering with built-in security and centralized management and an overall modernization, modernized TIC sorry, solution that offers community to community, community to cloud, community internet, and outside protection with zero trust capabilities. I think that's basically a no-brainer. Uh, and by do doing so, we're going to reduce the complexity and simplify the deployment and management of many aspects while greatly increasing the security and performance for all of my, my end users. So 
So traditional tick approaches, like I said, are built on legacy approaches and suffer the same problems of fragility and lack of reliability when uh, changes need to be made, such as what we're going through now. So Sean, if I'm a CIO and I say that all sounds pretty good, I can help the security people, I can help the application owners, I can help, help the program people, where do I begin? Yeah, if you're that CIO, you're going to have to look at your budget and see what's available. Luckily, in today's world where you can use internet transport with an over-the-top TIC 3.0 architecture, we can combine that with SD-WAN at the edge. You're going to get the value of your policy enforcement point at the edge with software-defined WANs that have security capabilities, while coupling that with your advanced security capabilities in TIC 3.0. This is the branch office use case. That's going to give the CIO a very powerful performance and security capabilities they likely don't have today. So they have a lot of agility to make decisions efficiently and operationally execute them at a global level, while also improving their workforce productivity. And if they use internet as one of their primary transports, they're gonna reduce their cost for the wider network by anywhere from one to five times less more money, sometimes 10X less. So get a lot more capacity for a lot less money. So adopting the internet and TIC 3.0 not only is providing more agility for security, but probably a much better position on the budget from a cost savings perspective. So Marlon, let me ask you, as a CIO or as a tech officer in an agency, if I'm planning to go to this technology, what's some of the groundwork I have to do first? What kind of planning do I need? What kind of vision do I have to have for my network before moving directly and adopting this SD-WAN technology? Well, I think the first thing that um, you we need to realize when you're in that position is that um, when it comes to motor modernization as a whole, right? Um, the limiting factor here is your network, right? And oftentimes I see modernization efforts start in other places, whether they be cloud adoption or SaaS adoption. And the, the, the network modernization is sometimes lags behind, right? Um, this concept of looking at networks as disparate pieces that need to be managed separately is something that is hindering. I talk to network engineers a lot and I ask them to you know, go through what would it be like you know, bringing on cloud or bringing on a new location. And I usually get a myriad of steps you know, that, that, that end up being things like configuration and testing and rolling trucks and, and all these things that takes quite a bit of time. Um, so I would say stop what you're doing if, if that's the, the road you're going down. Um, and if you have to look, you need to look into SD-WAN and TIC 3.0 first. Modernization of the network first is the first step. Because if you don't, when you get around to actually incorporating software-defined concepts into your plan, you're going to find that many of the things that you've already done would have been much simpler if you had actually addressed the fact that you were working on a traditional network first. Uh, so therefore, network modernization starts with the network, the wide area network. All right. Well, that's a good place to close on. Do that field work first, that spade work first, and then you're ready to go to the SD-WAN. I want to thank today's guests. Marlon McFate is the Public Sector Chief Technology Officer at Riverbed Technologies. Sean Applegate is the Chief Technology Officer at Swish Data. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Swish Data. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights. Digital transformation depends on infrastructure modernization. Sponsored by Swish Data and Riverbed Technologies.
Your network is the backbone of your agency, and during this pandemic, network capacity, speed, and security are more important than ever. Consider what IDC describes as the most significant advancement in the networking industry, software-defined WAN. Riverbed and Swish have teamed together to bring you Steel Connect EX, a centralized policy-based platform for dynamically managing application traffic across links and delivering the agility and cost-effectiveness your agency needs. Agility, performance, and security. Visit us at riverbed.com. Um...